Before the Ranger Creed is recited by a formation of Rangers at a ceremony, you always hear the narrator say, Will all Rangers, past and present, please join as we recite the Ranger Creed? Every Ranger will stand, and as they say those six stanzas, they are transformed back to a time when they had the pleasure and the burden of this brotherhood. That feeling is hard to describe. However, it's one that never leaves you. It's a connection that spans the globe and can be reignited when you hear the phrase, Hey Ranger, what battalion were you from? Amongst this formation, there are Rangers that stand out. They are legends of this elite organization, and when their names are spoken, people instantly have a story, and for a moment, relive it. Legends of the 75th Podcast wants to capture that feeling and those stories. We want to ensure that these legends, triumphs, and sacrifices never fade away. So sit back with your favorite adult beverage and listen to the stories from the Legends of the 75th. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, and everybody tuning in, we have fucking done it. All right. We had to call in for support. We had to call in a favor for a favor from a favor of a buddy. We had to bribe some people, but we have managed to get, I'm just being like super sarcastic right now, but <laughs> I think, I think like one person called you, but we have managed to get Sergeant first class retired Matt Larson on the podcast today. If you've never heard of him, you're an idiot and you need to do some research but he is the father of modern combatives. And we're going to dive into that story. And I'm super excited because I know a lot of people have asked about it. They're unsure of exactly how it started and how it started up at 275. But uh, he also served in 175, 275, RTB. He jumped into Panama and also served in the, the Gulf War. Little known fact, he's also a former Marine. He actually joined the Marine Corps in 1984. And that's kind of funny because I was actually just talking in a recent episode, like a lot of guys that ended up going to Ranger Regiment were going to join the Marine Corps first. And then for whatever reason, ended up going to Ranger Regiment. So, uh, you know, I have some questions. I want to focus on that. He's a fourth degree black belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and multiple other black belts and certifications and training and everything else and a lot of other martial arts. He's also the director, was the director of the Modern Army Combatives Program and has done countless international training programs across uh, you know multiple different departments of defense for other countries and everything else. So Matt, it's an absolute honor to sit down with you and just based off the prep, you know, kind of talking before the episode, uh, we got a lot to cover, so we're going to have to go hard and fast uh, to get through it all because you've had an amazing journey in you know in your military career and post military career. Well, thanks, brother. Thanks for having me. And I should start off by making sure everybody knows that I am eminently bribable. So if they did want to bribe me for something, it might, it might, it might work. You know what I mean? Like, give it, give it a shot. Who knows? <laughs> I can be bought. That's I right. can be bought. Well, hey, I mean, I like, ah, I got so many things that I just like immediately, immediately just want to kind of dive into. But I, I, you know what? I'm gonna start with the uh, last podcast because we actually talked about this last po- last podcast episode. You know, the basically what we were talking about was how it just seems like a lot of rangers that I've sat down and uh, you know I've interviewed enlisted rangers that I've sat down and interviewed, and even actually a few of the officers that you know that you know started out enlisted and later transitioned. Um, two officer, not sexual transitions. Um, <laughs> I don't know why I said that, but uh, anyway. Um, 
I guess I'm really kind of embracing the the retirement. You know, I feel a little bit more comfortable saying things because I, I, I once to... did. I once was interviewed by that. Um, I can't remember his name now because he's back to being a man. But it was a former <laughs> former SEAL who had transitioned oh. to a woman. Uh, yeah, her, I can't his, remember his name. His name yeah. escapes me, but I, I did his radio show one time, and it it was actually cool. Like, uh, you know, it was a SEAL. It was yeah. just like talking to a seal, right? So <laughs> that's interesting. Uh, that's interesting. I'll have to look up the name at some point here so that we can talk about that. But uh, shit, now I totally forgot where I was going. Oh, we were talking about Marines and Rangers <clears throat> and how a lot of guys were going to join the Marine Corps, thought about joining the Marine Corps, but then ended up for whatever reason at MAPS or prior to MAPS, ended up joining Ranger Regiment. And kind of the theory was is when we think about it like very holistically, when we talk about small unit kind of cultures and like brotherhoods and everything else, they're very similar. Like, you know, there's very few Marines, there's very few Rangers. And like from an advertisement kind of perspective, there's a lot of similarities there. Now, you know, Marines and yeah. Rangers, obviously what they do is very different, but you know, what, what drew you to the Marine Corps? Well, actually, so I'm the opposite of that story. Cause I came in not too long after the uh, Grenada invasion. And oh, okay. so I was okay. trying to come to the Ranger regiment, but oh, in, in those days, wow. it was impossible to get into the Rangers. You couldn't even get an airborne slot, right? So my choices were, uh, so I dropped out of high school, like in, in 84, in 10th grade when I joined. And so your options as a high school dropout trying to come in were either like 4th ID or the, or the Marine Corps. And so I just want to be a regular, you know, Joe. So I uh, went to the Marine Corps route, which I'm actually quite... I'm actually quite glad of that. I mean, I, I was a, that was a was probably a good decision. I always tell everybody I spent my teenage years in the Marine Corps. You know, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen. Right. I got out of the Marines when I was twenty, so um, it was probably a really good decision, and it really actually set me up for success because I think if I had come to the regiment when I was that young, I might not mm. even have made it. You know, I think I learned to be tough in the Marine Corps. Right. Gain some maturity too, probably. Yeah, exactly. So when I came over to the, got to the Ranger Regiment, it's like right around the time I was 20, 21 years old, something like that. By then I was an adult and I was already a pretty tough guy and I'd already been in the infantry for four years, you know? So um, the, the, the tasks, you know, to get into the regiment, I didn't, it, it wasn't that daunting. You know what I'm saying? Like right. I would tell you, not, I don't, I don't hope anybody doesn't take this the same way, but going through Marine Corps basic as a 17 year old high school dropout was much harder than going through Ranger school as a 21 year old guy with a year of battalion and four years in the infantry in the, I in the Marines. Right. You know what I mean? So like, yeah. And, and, you know, it's what you, to your point about them being similar, they are similar. There's a couple of real glaring differences, you know, the, in the Marine Corps, you can't get rid of, you know, turds. So, you, yeah. So you have that and you don't have that much money to train. Um, and you know, I hope nobody takes offense about this, but in my, my experience in the Marine Corps is much more sort of their focus on being squared away as much more garrison focused, like they're pretty squared away garrison type troopers, you know, in the field, they're much more likely to like not have their chin strap on, you know, right. be, in the ruck, be in the rucksack flop kind of thing. You know? <laughs> yeah. Um, but they do have like exacting standards and they hold to them. So whatever, and they're all different than the Ranger standards. But when I came over the to the Rangers, that was a concept that I already like understood. You know, these these Very are the with, these yeah. are the things you must do. You must do it to this standard, or you must be it to this standard. And so I didn't have that hard of a transition. And I also think that I learned the lesson of, you know, standards to to be meaningful. 
they need to be combat related. And a lot of them are not, you know? So like, mm-hmm. you know, you say like, here's the you know, 12 mile road march standard in three hours with this much weight. Okay. So that's a combat standard. If we can look at the guy next to us and say the guy who can make that standard, he's more likely to be a good person to have with you in battle. But there's each of those organizations has a host of standards that maybe have nothing to do with that. You know what I'm saying? Right. So that was one of the lessons I took forward as I was, as I was like, you know, going through my career and even beyond, it's like, okay, well, I'm going to stay focused on, on the stuff that matters, you know, on the battlefield, the things that make us what we say we are. Um, and that was a lesson learned from, you know, cause I could look back at the Marine Corps standards and go, okay, those, some of those things are silly. Yeah. You know, like, like in the Marine Corps, everybody blouses their boots with blousing garters. And they look at anybody who tucks their boots in like a dirt bag, you know, in the Rangers, everybody tucks their boots in and looks at blousing garter people like they're dirt bags. Like, okay, <laughs> okay, this is stupid, right? Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, Neither yeah. one of these things is combat related, right? So yeah, right. That makes sense. Kind of like the high and tight. That wasn't really combat related. Exactly. In fact, it was the opposite, right? It was uh we were doing it for other reasons besides combat. Yeah. And and I should I should this is my time to complain. Look, I had a high <laughs> and tight from the time I was 17 until I was bald. you were robbed you were robbed of all those years man i didn't ever get to have cool hair ever in my life right (laughs) bastards (laughs) and i'm bitter yeah you should be you (laughs) should be man i'll tell you i had to wear go fasters man come on go fast whose idea was that (laughs) yeah i actually recently saw a picture of me uh, it was actually, I was doing combatives in the hallway. It wasn't yeah, like, yeah. you know, but, uh, you know, just like a platoon battle and I'm wearing go fasters, you know, and I, and, and a high, I mean, I had like just this crazy high and tight. And I got this guy in like a guillotine choke, you know, and I'm yeah. like, and I'm like, God, I look so stupid. That's <laughs> like, right. Did it not, not occur to anybody that we'd be a more motivated unit if we got to look cool? Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. It goes into, you know, Sarmie Dravertson, like, you know, always look cool. Yeah. That's absolutely. right. Yeah, I was robbed of that. So. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And I would love to, you know, it's funny that the decision. So uh, who was it? Colonel Owens. Colonel Owens, he was, uh, he told us that they almost made the decision it, prior to 9 11. Prior to 9 11, mm-hmm. they did a meeting with all the battalion commanders and the regimental commander about going away from the high and tight. And I can't remember who the regimental commander was and they put it all up for a vote. And only it was a, it was basically a split vote between all the battalions. And what's funny about it, I have to go back and like, look at my notes, but the people you would think that would be like, Oh yeah, those would have been the guys that said we could have long hair. And these guys would have said, you know, we should have the high and tight. It, it was, was actually opposite. completely opposite. I was, I was totally shocked when he told me, I was like, Holy shit. And then the regional commander and the SAR major were the deciding, you know, the, the, they decided the tie. And they're like, no, nope, we're going to keep the high and tight. And it's like, damn it. Like, you could have had that 2000, like yeah. 2000 time frame. You could have, we could have went away from the high and tight. So would have been looking cool. Cool as shit. <laughs> yep, absolutely. I remember, I remember being able to grow out my hair. I was like, man, this is badass. And it was funny too. I was already bald by then. So it wouldn't have mattered, you know. <laughs> this was an excerpt of the Legends of the 75th podcast. If you want to listen to the entire episode, go to the show notes and sign up for exclusive membership. Why are we charging? Some of the guests want to know that their stories have a level of protection and can share freely without it being available to the general public. To produce a professional product, it costs money. 
Your subscription helps us ensure we keep it to the level of what's expected from this elite organization. The podcast is the first phase. We plan to add videos, apparel, Ranger history blog, and more episodes each month. So as Legends grows, you will get more bang for your buck. We don't want to interrupt or muddle episodes with sponsorship clips or ads. Your support is much appreciated. We look forward to building this exclusive group with your support. Rangers lead the way.